0: In today's episode, we will pick up our discussion of Genesis 44 with verse 18, down through the end of the chapter, Lord willing. We're talking about the pain of sin and the tests that are necessary to get us to confront our sin and then to move through it so that we're in a position to be fully reconciled uh, with others so that we can move on. We saw in verses one to 17, that God may test his people's love and concern for others because of past sin. And we noted at the end of the last episode that really the test wasn't so much about the silver cup or the money that was returned in the sacks. It was very intentionally placed in Benjamin's sack, uh, no doubt because Benjamin is his true biological brother, not a stepbrother, but also to see if they are the same caliber, the same type of people that they were 20 years before when they had the opportunity to abandon one of their brothers to go back with whatever story they had and tell their father and make something up. He's now giving them an opportunity to do the same thing. He set it all up. They've admitted their guilt. They don't know how this is possible, but, uh, they, they know that This silver cup has been found, it's in Benjamin's possession, and they now have a choice. Uh, The text doesn't say that, but we should be drawing this conclusion. They have a choice to just leave Benjamin there, go back to their father and say, well, Dad, sorry, uh, Benjamin died, or they killed him, or whatever story they want to make up. Uh, Will they do the same thing that they did to Joseph all those years before? And that's what the test is designed to do to test in their lives. Have they learned? Have they grown? Have they matured? And have they grown in their walk with the Lord? So now as we pick up the text in verse 18, down through the end of the chapter, Uh, We see this, that true repentance will bring about a change in behavior when given the opportunity to sin again. So now they have this opportunity to sin again and do uh, what they did to Joseph, Joseph 2.0 here with Benjamin. And now we see that true repentance actually brings about a change in behavior. This is the grand test. This is what it is all about. In verses eighteen to thirty two, we see then, first of all, that true repentance will be honest. So let's go ahead and begin working our way through the text. Then Judah went up to him and said, O my Lord, please let your servants speak a word in my Lord's ears, and let not your anger burn against your servant, for you are like Pharaoh himself. My Lord asked his servants, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a younger brother, the child of his old age. His brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set my eyes on him. We said to my Lord, The boy cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die." Then you said to your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall not see my face again. When we went back to your servant, my father, we told him the words of our of my Lord. When our father said, go again, buy us a little food, we said, we cannot go down. If our youngest brother goes with us, then we will go down, for we cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons one left me and i said surely he has been torn to pieces and i have never seen him since if you take this one also from me and harm happens to him you will bring down my gray hairs in evil to sheol now therefore as soon as i come to your servant my father and the boy is not with us then as his life is bound up in the boy's life as soon as he sees that the boy is not with us he will die And your servants will bring down the gray hairs of your servant, our father, with sorrow to Shaol, For your servant became a pledge of safety for the boy to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father all my life. There is a lot bound up here, okay? True repentance will be honest. We've seen the whole narrative here as he tells the story, verses 18 to 32, the story comes out. There doesn't seem to be much of a lie here except for the fact, I mean, they're they're not including things that they haven't been asked about, but it seems that they have accepted the fact that Joseph is dead. Uh, and they include this verbiage that surely he has been torn to pieces. So they've really kind of bought into that. You go back a couple chapters, remember Genesis 42, verse 13, behold, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no longer alive. That's what they said then. Verse 27, these are the words of Jacob, uh, surely he has been torn to pieces. That's of the other brother. Of course, he's talking about Joseph here, and I've not seen him since. At this point, Joseph is not trying to get the truth of what they did to Joseph out, But what he wants to see is if uh, their jealousy and their willingness to abandon one another is still alive. Are they willing to do this to another one of their brothers? And this account of their story since Joseph's departure shows that it is at last gone, as is demonstrated by Judah's willingness to stay in Benjamin's place. Uh, That is going to come out here in just a moment. So, Again, he had said and had sworn to his father that he would be a pledge uh, for him, for the boy's life, and now in verses 33 to 34, we see this willingness that demonstrates the true and lasting change. Now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the boy as a servant to my Lord and let the boy go back with his brother's. For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would find my father. All right. What do we see here in these two verses? Well, this, that true repentance will be willing to take drastic measures to do what is right. He is willing to exchange himself in Benjamin's place. He says, I can't argue that the silver cup was found in Benjamin's sack. I can't do that. I have told you the story and I've told you that my father's life is bound up in the welfare of Benjamin. And so what I am offering you now, and you're not obligated to accept it, but please let me stay in his stead. I just can't bear the thought of my father dying because his soul is crushed. His heart is broken. That's essentially what he's saying. And it's really incredible to get to this point in the narrative and to see just what a change has taken place. This is very, very different than the Judah that we had left before back at the beginning of this entire narrative section, going all the way back to Genesis 37. Judah has changed. Now, Judah had done some right things and he'd wanted to stop some things, but he was a co-conspirator Uh, He didn't go far enough in stopping things, and as kind of the spokesman uh, and the one who stepped up to the plate, we can see that there has been a change in heart. True repentance will be willing to take drastic measures to do what is right. Verse 32, you know, think about this. He said, your servant became a pledge of safety for the boy to my father, saying, if I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father all my life. Without a thought to himself, and no doubt he probably has children at this point. You know, it's hard to say all of these things, but they're all going to have children because it's from them that the nation of Israel is born. Uh, You know, he is, without a second thought, willing to give himself up in the place of his brother. So many parallels can be drawn here. We think of the Apostle Paul uh, when he is writing the letter to the church at Rome the letter to the Romans, and he addresses his kinsmen, uh, the Jews, and he said that he wishes that he himself could be accursed for their sake. When you you pause and dig into that a little bit, what he is saying is he's saying that ethnic Jews – National Jews who have rejected Jesus as Messiah, and keep in mind when, when Romans was written in the mid eighty sixties, long after Christ's ascension, the church is being established. Paul's custom, as you know, before he is martyred for his faith, whenever he goes on a missionary journey and is establishing a church in an area, where does he go first if it's available? He goes into a synagogue. That's why he says to the letter uh, to the the church at Rome. He says, you know, that famous verse in Romans 1, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe, to everyone who believes, to what? To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. You go into the book of Acts, and you track him through uh, the missionary journeys, and he would go into the synagogue, and he would reason with the Jews and argue that Jesus is the Christ. All of those things. So he's talking to national Israel and he's trying to convince them from the scriptures that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecies. Their hearts are hardened as they are to this day. And he says that very poignant thing uh, there in Romans uh, 9, specifically in verse 3 For I wish I Uh, I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all. He's willing to step in for their sakes. He says, let me step in and be cursed for all of eternity to take on Uh, you know, the wrath of God for eternity, if it meant that my entire nation could be saved. I mean, that's an incredible admission there. And it's not something that we should, you know, just gloss over because we see this example. Finally, Judah stepping up to the plate saying, I'm willing to step in, uh, in the place of Benjamin here, please let the punishment that you would bring upon him for this crime be upon me even if it costs me the rest of my life and, you know, I go to jail for it. You know, we know that it's not going to end out that way, but he doesn't know that just yet. And then it also, uh, ultimately all of these things point us to who? To Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was willing to step in on our behalf. And, and that's the incredible thing as well, because we deserve the punishment We are the Benjamin in this, you know, case, right? Benjamin has, you know, been caught with this thing and the crime is going to be that he is going to to be punished and Jesus has stepped in. Now, it wasn't fabricated. The crime really did happen in our case. We really have sinned against God and the sin brings with it eternal punishment and eternal consequences. And Jesus steps up as the lion of the tribe of who? Of Judah, and he steps in and says, "What? I will step in. I will switch places with them. I will take the punishment." And we really see uh, just incredible application here because there really has been a change of heart. This is a different Judah than who we met back in chapter thirty-seven. This is a different, different brothers. Twenty years later, they've had time to mature. They've had time to change. And that also illustrates uh, another point that we'll just go out with here today, which is this, that people can change. God is the God of change. After all, you think about what the gospel does at, at a fundamental level, it is transformational, right? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He takes us from being spiritually dead, Ephesians chapter 2. You has he made alive with Christ. So we go from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. We go from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Uh, We go from the old man to the new man. There's transformation there. God is in the transformation business. He's in the changing business. And that means a couple of things. One, for you or for me. If there are things in our lives that we're not pleased with and we know are contrary to scripture, there's hope. While God is still giving us the breath of life and and the ability to breathe and, and live, then there's hope for change and we can pray and you know be washed by the word and allow God to work through his spirit in us. God is in the changing business. But on the other side, not just looking at yourself, if there is somebody that you know And you've had a bad uh, experience with them in the past, uh, and you've known them to be a certain way, maybe years ago, you can't hold that against them. Just as God takes our sins for those who are truly His, and He removes them as far as the East is from the West, go back and read Psalm 103. It's amazing what God chooses to do. If he can do that, then we can do the same thing because these are not the same brothers that we met back in Genesis 37. They've had time to change, but I say that because I have met people along the way who who hold on to something from 15 or 20 years ago or 30 years ago or even longer, who will hold on to a memory or a grudge or some jealousy or whatever it is, they'll hold on to it for decades, maybe their whole life. And we have a responsibility to recognize just as God worked in us, He can work in other people. And yeah, sometimes there needs to be a test. You know, Joseph isn't just gonna allow them in without that test, but they've they've proven the test. They've they've now shown and demonstrated that they are a changed people. They've learned their lesson. And now it's time to say, okay, well, what do I do with that information? Well, in order to find that answer out, we're gonna have to just keep moving in. The text, uh, moving forward with the text. And so we'll find out what happens then. How should we respond when somebody has passed the test, even though they've caused us great pain in the past? Well, when we come back in Genesis 45, uh, we will begin to discover the answer to that question. This has been another podcast of Expositional Excerpts with Pastor Matthew Pilch. If you'd like more information, please visit our church website, at gfbc.net